0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back for another special episode of The Stoop here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Ragus. Alongside me, as always, and you know he's drinking a brew, Jeff Perini. What's going on, brother? Uh,
1: Good evening, uh, John. Good evening, everybody. Yep, tonight's brew is uh, Lagunitas Aunt Sally. That's right. Sounds weird, but uh, it's delicious. Uh, Glad to be here. Another great Monday. Weekends go by fast, but it's not a big deal. I don't mind the weekend streaking by when I know uh, we come here Monday night. It's exciting. Always exciting. Always
0: excited. We have a great, great show. Joining us tonight is the guitarist of a mega band. You know, they were huge in the 90s, and they're still just as huge today. Coming out with a new album, Brian Quinn of Candlebox will be joining us at the 8 p.m. hour. Looking forward to that. Uh, before we go any further, we got to send out a huge thank you to last Monday's guest, actress Nancy Vallon. Uh, we, had, we had a blast with her, Jeff. I mean, she was really uh, something, man.
1: It was great. I felt like uh, I felt like a young guy again, so amped. Uh, always a Nancy Dallin fan, and when she uh, first said hello to us and gave me that little Facebook friend request thing on the air, I went nuts, man. It was lovely. It was great. <laughs> She's an awesome person. Really, really just a great show. Yeah,
0: so Nancy, if you're listening, thank you, and uh, you gave Jeff a high for the entire week, and it got him through his work week, so... <laughs> well,
1: this this you know too. I'm a, yeah, this does too. I'm a huge, huge Candlebox guy. I've always been a fan from the beginning. So I'm uh, really excited about this, and, uh, and being a Philly guy like Brian, exciting to have him on. So it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Fun times, fun times, man. Um, so before we jump into anything, we always love to do our top five list. So I think we debut a new one tonight, and tonight is a little different because Candlebox, new lineup, which we're going to talk about. So in honor of them, we're going to do our top five favorite, maybe not-so-favorite, band lineup changes um i know i went pretty much old rock and some metal you can really we can really go with anything if you thought if you think about it so uh jeff why don't you uh give us your list of your top five favorite or maybe even not so favorite band changes
1: all right um yeah a little different twist this time um number five and a tie but some of the disclaimers here some of these are uh, guys that passed away some of these are just bands that made changes for whatever reason but uh uh, my top five, I got a tie, number five, uh, Allison Chains, uh, the passing away of Lane Staley uh, and uh, adding William Duvall. Uh, it actually did not hurt the lineup. Uh, William is a great performer, man, he rocks. The band is kept in stride. Uh, Jerry Cantrell still doing his thing, and I'm always a huge Allison Chains fan. As much as I love Lane Staley, the band the band stays on. Uh, tie for number five, uh, Prince. Prince made his way out of the revolution and brought in the new power generation, and it kind of lost... Uh, kind of left behind the uh, the pop prints, like the bubblegum pop prints, and kind of added on a uh, sex appeal prints, a little darker prints, uh, and a different age of music. So that was a neat little twist, uh, a whole band getting changed by one guy. Uh, number four, Pink Floyd, uh, the removal of Sid Barrett. Sid uh, talked about how he dealt with some mental issues, and he went out, and about the time David Gilmore came in, and uh, the rest is yeah. history, Pink Floyd became a massive band. Um, the Sid Barrett stuff is a little more different, but uh, unique and uh, check it out. But a uh, great move for them, bringing in David Gilmore. Number three, one noise to this day, I, I, it still puzzles me. I know you're a big fan. Uh, Black Sabbath, uh, moving on without Ozzy Osbourne and bringing in uh, Ronnie James Dio. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know Ronnie's your man, and that's very cool. But I just uh, the band without Ozzy Osbourne still to this day very weird. But a, a very big all-time uh, lineup change deal for Ozzy. One and two was tough uh, to determine which one would be the leader. Number two, ACDC, the passing away of Bon Scott. And the miracle to find Brian Johnson, a guy with the same shriek and that hard scream. And uh, ACDC had tremendous success uh, both with Bon and with Brian Johnson. Kind of a shame what's going on now that he's uh, supposedly out of the band. Um, that hurts when a guy uh, came so far and brought them so far. That's number two. And number one, One of my favorite bands of all time in the craziest move I've ever seen, Van Halen. David Lee Roth going out pretty much at their height. They just got off of 1984. It was a huge album, big concert tour. They were making things happen. And boom, David Lee Roth out, Sammy Hagar in. It went for years, and then uh, Dave found his way back. But that's uh, number one. That's still the most shocking one to this day to see that move. And uh, that's my list, my top five plus.
0: Very nice, man, very nice. And uh, for this week, I don't have a tie, and we actually have two in common, but in two different spots. Number five for me, Van Halen. Roth comes out, Hagar comes in, Van Halen uh, music changes just a little bit, but I loved it with Sammy Hagar. So you went from great to great again, in, in my opinion, to crap when Gary Cherone from Extreme came in, and then back to David Lee Roth. Um, so so that's like a favorite not-so-favorite type of uh, band change up there. Uh, number four, ACDC. Bon Scott, unfortunately, passes away, and ACDC just pretty much just, you know, pissed, and gold came out in Brian Johnson. And then whatever what goes on with Brian Johnson now being supposedly kicked out of the band because of his uh, hearing loss, and now to Axl Rose. So to me, great to great to crap. Uh, there for uh, AC/DC. <laughs> uh, number three, Small Faces. Steve Marriott leaves, Rod Stewart, Ronnie Wood come in, and to me that right. was the pinnacle of uh, Small Faces. Uh, you know, when, when you look at uh, Itchy Coop Park, uh, All or Nothing, Tin Soldier, Lazy Sunday. You know, you know both of them coming over from the Jeff Beck group, uh, and then being renamed just Faces. Uh, to me, that was going from decent to absolutely phenomenal with Rod Stewart and Ronnie Wood coming in. Uh, Journey, we got to go with Journey. Journey hiring Steve Perry um, and basically letting him become the lead vocalist over uh, keyboardist Greg Rowley, that is what made Journey what they are today, which is a legendary group. Um, If they didn't hire Steve Perry, who knows where Journey would be today. Who knows if we would have even heard of Journey or even remember Journey if we did. Um, Number one, uh, and and we got to give props to him tonight because he was hospitalized today, Paul Diano leaves Iron Maiden, and Bruce Dickinson comes in. That's when you go from good to absolutely phenomenal, Jeff. Paul Diano leaving, Bruce Dickinson coming in. That is what made Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, man, the freaking pinnacle right there, dude.
1: That's some great that's ones. Uh, that's great. It's a great list. Uh, kind of funny as I'm sitting here, uh, a couple that I, I did not put in, um, and I wanted to. I got on the cusp, and one that you mentioned about a band just really changing it and becoming huge, uh, um, Genesis. You know, Phil Collins took over yes. and, uh, man, really changed that band around. Uh, a whole different sound, but just outstanding. Um, and of course, you had uh, some of them become fiascos like Kiss, uh, first Peter Chris and then Ace Freely and then uh Vinnie Vincent and Bruce Culloch, and it just went on and on. Comes like a uh, revolving door, but uh there's some out there. There's some, some changes that are definitely for the better. Journey one is an outstanding pick. You're definitely right there. They were nowhere um without Steve Perry.
0: Yep, absolutely man. Steve Perry made Journey what they are. Today. And and you know what? The new guy I I really cannot think of his name off the top of my head, which bothers me because I, I I love the guy. I think he's phenomenal. Um, I man, I can't. But I think it's like uh, Arnell Pinata or something like that. I really cannot remember. <laughs> but he is a, just a phenomenal singer, man. From 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 the Philippines. Um, and really, man, he can belt it out like Steve Perry, man. So to me, this is like the ACDC where Bon Scott passes away, and they really pissed, and Gold came out. And to me, that's what Journey did again. You know, by finding Arnold Pinata uh, or something like that. I can't remember his name. off. Is it? Yeah. So, Arno I mean, Pen- he, yeah, he's he's absolutely phenomenal, man. So, uh, I, I don't know if you heard him saying, dude, got to check it out, man. Him with Journey. They are absolutely phenomenal with him. So, so that's our uh, top five list here on the Stoop. And you can find all of our top five lists real soon on our new website, www.stoopradio.com. It's not officially done, but it's officially launched. So go over there and you can listen to all of our amazing, amazing interviews and our amazing radio shows with so many great guests that we had on from last week's Nancy Vallon to Danny Boy from House of Pain to Sagan Amory of Caveat and Lilith from Lilith of the Night, Mick James, Ed Roman... Our boy Chucky Brown, Stevie Ray of the Harlem Heat, Donica Knight, Buff Bagwell, former WCW star. The list goes on and on and on and on. So you can go to www.stoopradio.com and listen to these amazing interviews that Jeff and I have done here on the Stoop on Blog Talk Radio. All right, man, we got a few things to discuss tonight. And I gotta say, I'm I'm so very happy, man, that we're opening a show without the sadness and the somberness of saying somebody passed away, man. It's
1: nice for a change. It <laughs> definitely is. It seems like every week we're uh, celebrating, not celebrating, excuse me, um, remembering somebody passing. Uh, it, it's been tough, and A tough 2016, but uh, this you week know. it seemed pretty clear. You know. Uh, I'm liking it so far. Let's not jinx it. Fingers are crossed. A little tap on. Well, right, listen, man. You
0: know? I got a little scared yesterday and this morning and just a little while ago because I was thinking, oh yeah, we can get through a show finally. But then they said that, oh, Anthony Kiedis, they had to cancel the Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers con- concert, and there was no updates coming out about it. and Rushed to the hospital with extreme stomach pains, and you're sitting on edge, like, oh my god, man, not Anthony Kiedis now. And then today, Sinead O'Connor goes missing for over 24 hours, but before we came on air, I read that they found her and she's safe. Um, it's crazy, man. It's it's. Fingers crossed no more, man. 2016 has been uh, terrible for that so far. So hopefully we can – yeah, so hopefully 2016, you know, can throw the blessings out now. You know, let everybody just chill, man. 2016 has taken away so many damn legends, man. No more. Um, Speaking about legends, today, uh, anniversary, six years since the passing of one of my all-time favorites, man. And I'm still so upset about this, man. The late, great, icon, legendary Ronnie James Dio uh, passed away six years ago today. Um, you know, real quick, I just can't believe it's been six years since Dio left us. Um, you know, it, it's it's just, when I think of a world, man, without a Ronnie James Dio and a Lemmy and a David Bowie and a Prince, and then you look at, you know, the other side, a, a Robin Williams, you um, you know, and so many other amazing people that left us, man. It, it's it's crazy that we now live in a world without these people, Jeff. Absolutely crazy. I was
1: dude. Uh, I was listening the other day, and I I had my my music on, and I you know, I go through Apple Music, and I just downloaded a ton of songs. And at one point, I had in succession um, Motorhead, Stone Temple Pilots, and Prince. And I'm like, well, well uh-huh. like three in a row. I'm like, all these guys are gone. It, it's unbelievable. Scott Weiland. Uh, lemmy just guys i grew up with and and loving and it's not that i'm that that old a guy but uh some of my favorites just just going
0: yeah it's 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 amazing man i was listening to uh everybody knows i'm a huge motown guy love the temptations you know listening to a temptations uh cd just a couple of days ago i'm thinking you know yeah i remember when some of these guys were alive um you know but i was a young kid you know and uh it 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 didn't it doesn't have that impact on me now when I listen to, uh, you know, Dio or I listen to Motorhead or I listen to a Prince song or I listen to anything from Bowie or, you know, it just blows my mind, man, that they're not here making new music anymore, man. It just blows my freaking mind. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, once again, I can't believe it's been six years since Ronnie James Dio passed away. And, uh, you know, I saw a meme today where, uh, you know, it says, Cancer didn't take Ronnie James Dio. I want to think of him that he lost his battle fighting a thousand dragons on top of a silver mountain somewhere. So, uh, that's the way I think of it, man. You know, cancer didn't take Ronnie James Dio. He's all fighting dragons somewhere, man. Cause he's still the man on the silver mountain down here. And, uh, you know, I know, I know all of his fans and, and, and myself included absolutely just missed the guy, man, really adored him. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy, dude. It's just crazy. So, uh, rest in peace, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, let's go over to, uh, the acting side of things now, man. So many damn television shows um, were cancelled over the last couple of days. And uh, it's it's been pretty crazy to see some of the shows that were cancelled, but at the same time some of the shows that should have been cancelled that weren't cancelled. That really blows my mind. Uh, a couple I gotta throw out, man. Agent Carter with Halle Atwell on ABC. Uh, damn shame that that was cancelled. Hopefully, 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 we can get A Resurrection on Netflix, uh, Grandfathered with John Stamos on Fox, also The Grinder with Rob Lowe and Fred Savage on Fox, um, just a lot of different shows, you know, and then you look at other shows like the, like Nashville, I never watched Nashville, didn't see anything into it, but so many people liked it, can't believe that that's gone, uh, Castle with Nathan Fillion's gone, The Muppet Show on ABC was uh, taken off. And uh, then you look at the, you know, the bull. Rush Hour was taken off. Uh, today was canceled after just, like, a few episodes. It looked terrible. Uh, Mysteries of Laura. And then you look at some of the new shows that are coming on, man, that we've spoken about. Lethal Weapon, The Exorcist. Um, and then we get a, uh, you know, the news today that Prison Break is going to return on Fox. Oh. Um, you you know, Rush listen, Jeff, I, Yeah, r- I mean, Rush Hour is gone now. Thank oh. God it's canceled. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, but just the remakes are terrible. We always talk about the, uh, you know, the remakes and stuff, but let me ask you this. You're not a super, super big TV guy, Jeff, uh, I would take it. I I don't really see you sitting around watching TV constantly because you're always working it out, but out of all the shows that you read, and I'm sure you read the news because it was on everybody's Facebook feeds, you couldn't dodge it, out of all of these shows that were canceled, what do you think was the biggest surprise?
1: Um, seems that this, uh, this Agent Carter one really hit a lot of people. I um, suppose it's a big show that a lot of people are really into. Um, so that seemed to be a big surprise. Some of them, you know, shows come and go. It's a shame to watch. Uh, I like John Stamos. I like Rob Lowe. I like, uh, you know, cooler guys acting, and, and they both got acts. That's kind of a shame to always see uh, guys like that go. But then, you know, you look at the list of shows that are coming and shows that are going, and they renew shows like no offense, they renew shows like Two Broke Girls, which might be the worst show <laughs> on television. It is poorly acted. It is poorly written. It is such a bad show, and it's coming back for another season.
0: Really, man. I thought Mike and Molly was one of the worst shows on TV.
1: That's pretty bad too. I, I like the uh, I like the sister. The one who used to be in Eastbound and Down. But outside yeah. of that, that, that show. Oh, that shit was terrible. He's terrible. He's a horrible actor. I'm sorry. It's just, mm. it, it, you know,
0: it's it's just amazing where you look at this stuff and you look at, you know, a show like Agent Carter being taken off or Nashville or Castle. Um, you know, Supergirl, which had a, a monster following. They took it off the of CBS, but then they moved it over to CW. So that's still kicking in. Uh, Grandfather, The Grinder, just these shows that people really love. But then you look at a show like Sleepy Hollow, man. They killed off one of their main characters, dude. There was two main characters, and they took the one off because they were having a contract (laughs) dispute with her. Killed her off, and now that's coming back for another season. And I've heard it's been terrible ever since, man. So it's like the mind frame of these executives and these people on TV, they really just don't have the interest of their watchers, man.
1: No, they they really seem not to, and it's funny when you said how I don't strike as a big TV guy, and honestly, I, I used to be. Uh, lately, I watch sports, I listen to a ton of music. I like coming home and putting the music on, um, but it takes a while for me because to I to like a show. I mean, I love I love Modern Family. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but as far as new stuff, I don't watch a whole lot. I tried. My fiance watches all kind of new shows and says, "Let's watch this. Let's watch this." And nothing nothing gets me, I man. Nothing turns me on. I mean, I'm back. I mean, it's like 70s TV was so big. Uh, the Jeffersons, All in the Family, uh, Alice. You know, I used to watch, like, there was always a good show on. It wasn't duds. Like, now you put on TV, and it's a lot of duds. I, I like Gotham. I think Gotham's got a chance because it's still got a Ugh. whole Batman story to bring in. I like Terrible Gotham, show. man. Terrible
0: show. Terrible show. <laughs> Terrible
1: it, show. It's I got, got a lot to work.
0: It, it, listen, it could, but it's just, it's awful, man. It's awful. It's too dark. It's just, it's crap. I know it's got there's, to there's a lot.
1: Nah, no, there's a lot out there that right now that's really, really bad. And like I said, it's hard to fall in love with TV. I'd rather watch two last place ball teams, or you know, on my smart TV, I watch YouTube a lot, and uh, you know, um, watch videos and uh, all kind of good stuff like that. I'd rather do that than sit down and watch 30 minutes of one horrible program.
0: It's you know, and, and also, man, let's let's just go back to the old television shows that were just phenomenal. You know, we're t- you you mentioned some, and we can, you know, talk about good times and, and what's happening in different strokes and Silver Spoons and, you know, just, just a phenomenal shows. What bugs me the most is these stupid mid-season finale craps now, I man. We didn't have that years ago. You had a season. No, they they played it. You watched it. You never saw reruns because – that just wasn't a thing on TV back in, you know, in the 70s and 80s and even up you know around 1991. They didn't do reruns crazy. Now, man, you watch a show, man, mid-season finale comes, takes six, seven months for another episode to come back on. It's, it's just ridiculous, man.
1: Yeah, we talked about that before, especially the cable series. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big Shameless guy, and Shameless runs its season finale, and you won't see a new one for like a year and a half. Like, why? It makes no sense. You wait all this time. And, uh, yeah, when we were younger, Network TV ran out its season, 13 episodes, whatever it was, and got to the end. Now it's six episodes, and oh, and it's big news. Uh, so-and-so is renewed for six episodes. Okay, then yeah. it's a uh, mid-season finale and a ton of reruns, and it loses its luster. I guess it's, and that's, uh, I don't know and that's why I mean.
0: love Netflix series, man, because I honest to God, man, not only do they pump out Netflix series so fast, but you can watch them as many times as you want. And every time you finish one, there's always a new one coming on somewhere. You know, you look at all the Marvel series. You look at Fuller House. You look at all these great Netflix series. So, man, I really hope, I pray to God above, if you're listening, Netflix, please get Netflix and take over Agent Carter and bring that back because that would be absolutely phenomenal. And Hallie Atwell is just is, is smoking hot. So
1: That and um, Netflix, if you're out there, the Stoop television program. That would be great.
0: That would be fun. That would be absolutely phenomenal. That's something I think we need to pitch to them, and uh, I'm sure they will tell us to go screw ourselves, but we'll try anyway.
1: Well, hey, you know what? I've, I've been shot down by uh, worse than by better, so, you know.
0: Oh, I don't see that. I don't think What's there's anything that, uh, better you think than Netflix.
1: What's that thing about Wayne Gretzky and the, the shots you don't make? 100% of the shots you don't take.
0: Yeah, exactly, like man. That. Well, great leeway, talking about Wayne Gretzky. Let's go into a little bit of NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs. We'll talk a little sports here quick in just a little bit. We're going to be joined by Brian Quinn of Candlebox, so stay tuned for that. He should be here in a little under 10 minutes. Um, So let's jump into the NHL playoffs here. Both both leagues, NBA, NHL, they're now in the uh, conference finals. Uh, So let's go over to the NHL side of things, the St. Louis Blues, now lead one game to nothing against the San Jose Sharks in the Western Conference Finals. And on the Eastern side, Tampa Bay leads the Pittsburgh Penguins one game to nothing. Jeff, your prediction, who makes it to the Stanley cup from the uh, conference finals?
1: I uh, really love this Tampa Bay team. I I think they've got the speed along with some size and a little bit of attitude to mix it up with Pittsburgh. So I got to get Tampa here. They, they look good in game one. I actually think they should have won a little more, but, um, to get some guys healthy again, it's you know, Damcoast and if Bishop stays healthy. They, they they really are a tough team. Uh in the West I've been super impressed with San Jose, but for some reason this Saint Louis team just keeps coming and are not backing down. This might be Saint Louis's year finally. But I'd love to see Tampa San Jose, but I'm starting to think it's looking Tampa Saint Louis. Uh kinda of weird. I expected more out of that game last night. The first period was great and then it kinda of became a snoozer. Uh Saint Louis and San Jose kind of you know, kinda of lost us after the first period, but uh Blues, yeah. looking good. Final.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I've picked the Blues the last three years to come out of the Western Conference and into the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they always seem to just lose their way in rounds one and two. I'm going to go with it this year. Not only are they going to make it to the Stanley Cup final, I see them winning it. I think this is finally the year for the St. Louis Blues. I see St. Louis Blues taking out the Sharks in probably five to six games on the Eastern side. Uh, this is going to go probably six or seven games, man, and I'm not really sure who's going to be going into the Stanley Cup final from the uh, eastern side. It pains me, man. I want to say I don't want to say the Penguins because I can't stand the Penguins, and I don't want to say the Lightning because the Rangers captain left the Rangers to go to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they basically signed all these scrap heap Rangers, and they're pretty much the Tampa Bay Rangers. Um, the other Rangers, totally fine with them winning. Ryan Callahan irked me, man. He really irked me. So uh,
2: yeah.
0: I'll say Tampa Bay because I love Anton Shawman, love a couple of the guys down there, and I think they do have the better team than Pittsburgh, so I'm going to go with them. Um, NBA side of the bowl, we're now in the conference finals there, and so happy on the eastern side. Toronto Raptors taking out the Miami Heat. They are now meeting the Cleveland Cavaliers in the eastern conference finals, and on the west side, Golden State Warriors, Oklahoma City Thunder. Who do you got going into the finals, man?
1: I'm going to go uh, against the grain on both ends. I know it's going to sound crazy. I don't, know what I, I don't know what happened to Oklahoma City, but woke up against San Antonio and became a ball club, and it's good. I'm rooting for Billy Donovan and uh, and Kevin Durant, and, and I, I like it, and I'm going to see the upset here. I think Oklahoma City finds a way to get Golden State out of there. Um, and San Francisco East, you know, everybody and their mothers in the I was in a, a local bar yesterday having something to eat, and uh, everybody's saying that. Cleveland, Cleveland on a walk, Cleveland in four, Cleveland in three, you know, and Toronto just backing out. I'm going to take the Raptors just for for giggles, man. Be here on the air. I'll say it for anybody that's listening. Let's go Raptors and
0: oh yeah, Oklahoma
1: City final. How great is that for basketball?
0: I love it, man. I am so happy the the the, the Thunder made it. Um, you know, love the Spurs, respect the Spurs. Huge, I mean, seriously, man, who doesn't really respect the Spurs unless you're uh, a mm-hmm. fan of their arch rival? But you got to respect the Spurs. Um, you know, great season they put forward, and you know, the age just caught up with them in the playoffs. So it'll be real interesting to see what the uh, Spurs do in the future here. But I got to say, man, I go, I go with uh, Thunder Raptors, even though I know it's going to be Thunder Cavaliers. I really <laughs> want to see the Raptors win it all, man. I think that would be not only phenomenal for the NBA, I think it'll be phenomenal. For uh, Canada, especially if they end up losing DeMar DeRozan to the Lakers in the off-season,
1: absolutely. I think Canada getting an NBA final would be pretty big. It's it, you know, it's not really making its way there. Vancouver already came and went, so let's get something for Canada and you know, in the NBA final, it's going be awesome.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we uh, I believe we're joined by uh, Brian. I, I believe he's calling in right now. So uh, let's get Brian Quinn from Candlebox on the line with us right now. Brian, how you doing, man? Brian? Hello. Hello? You there, Brian? Yeah, yeah. How you doing, man? Hey, brother. How are you? Good, man. Thanks uh, for calling in and joining us tonight. How's everything going?
2: My pleasure, man. Everything's going great. How are you?
0: We're doing great, man. We want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to uh, join us uh, here on The Stoop tonight. Uh, i got a lot of things to talk to you with about, so we'll jump right into it. Uh, A lot of people have asked us, and we'll throw this question out to you right now. How did the opportunity arise um, for you to join Candlebox? Since we know there's a new lineup, uh, so some of the questions that were coming forward, that was the most popular one on how uh, you were able to join Candlebox.
2: Uh, Yeah, so um, myself and Kevin Martin, the lead singer, uh, we were label mates on a uh, a record label with, uh, with Warner Brothers. It was a Warner Brothers subsidiary. Uh, We met back in, like, 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did a showcase together at uh, Club Snitch that uh, Duff McKagan and Scott Weiland and a couple other uh, buddies of ours from Vans owned in New York at the time. And we did a label showcase there for all the the label folks. And um, that was the first time I had seen Kevin. uh, Candlebox played. It was Kevin doing, like, an acoustic. Uh, doing an acoustic duo with some of the new songs from uh, their record at that time, which was uh, the Into the Sun album. And we uh, Foster Child played. My band, played mm-hmm. and Kevin, loved it, and he wanted to meet us. And we met after we performed. Me and Kevin sat down and, and met and had a great time and partied in New York City that night. And we just stayed in touch over the years. And then when, um you know, when the time came and uh, they made the you know, the personnel switch and Pete and Scott decided to go their own way. Kevin called me and offered me the gig. He said, hey, what are you up to? I said, uh, not much, man. So he <laughs> he's like, well, Pete and Scott oh. are gone. Uh, if you want the gig, it's yours. I was like, great. And he, uh, he booked me a plane ticket, and I joined them on the road about a month later.
0: Was it a no-brainer or did you have to think about it?
2: <laughs> oh, it's a no-brainer. I, I was a big fan of those guys. And it, yeah. especially even after I was a fan of them, they were they were very uh, big in the high school I went to, and I had heard about them. I had heard of Candlebox because they were uh, opening for Rush, and they ended up being the last band to ever open for Rush because it's not that's like, not like Rush needed uh, any any support acts, you know. Yeah. So they were the last band to open for Rush, and um, I had seen them at Nassau Coliseum in it was like maybe '95 somewhere around there, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with them. I thought they were great, I had their record, you know, I had all their records, and then, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, kind of a surreal experience getting offered that gig, you know?
0: Yeah, so so now, how does that feel, though, you know, that, you know, this is a band that you loved and, you know, that you remember listening to their songs in high school, and you're a part of that now. It's kind of like that uh, Mark Wahlberg movie where he's uh, doing the cover band and he gets invited to be <laughs> the actual lead singer, like... You know, are are you still amped? Is it something that you just... It just doesn't seem real still? Or?
2: I'll tell you, I really haven't gotten a, a, a chance to really sit down and process everything because it's been so fast. Yeah. Like, everything has just happened. Like, I joined the band and we're on the road and, you know, we've gone to South America and then we came back and I was, you know, we're flying all over the world, playing gigs, and then in between that, we re- ended up recording the album in 12 days so, wow. and then went right back out on the road. And I, I literally up until maybe in two weeks, I'll be able to sit down and really process everything that's been going on. But yeah, it's surreal, man. It, it is a dream come true for sure. Yeah, and that's they're, awesome. they're literally the nicest guys ever. It's the best touring I've ever done in my life. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, it was really a, uh, like uh smooth and just easy. It's, it's just an easy thing, and they're they're all such talented guys and just good people. Um, it was just like I was with my buddies in Philly, you know. Yeah. Like I just yeah. Walked out of one gig and right into another.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we also hear that you're involved with another project with uh, Kevin Martin uh, and, and Adam Curry, uh, along with uh, you know uh, Morgan Rose from Seven Dust and uh, Lenny from The Infinite Staircase. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a similar sound? What can we expect from this new project?
2: Uh, well, with, yeah, with Le Triget, that was kind of what set off the whole thing with Candlebox, was uh, Kevin had called me, and I hadn't heard from him in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was prior to him offering me the uh, Candlebox gig. He called me in December, it was a couple of years ago, and said, hey, man, I'm going to be in Pennsylvania are you around? I'd love for you to come and uh, you know do a recording session with us, play a solo on something or whatever. Are you going to be around? I was like, yeah, I'm home. So I went up, he invited me up there, and I thought he was going to be, it was just going to be me, me and him hanging out, having a couple beers, maybe writing a couple songs, but it was like a full-blown recording session in at uh, Think Loud Studios in New York, d a which Chad, Chad Taylor and Chad Gracie, and uh, Patrick Dahlheimer from Live own. They own the studio, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But they spared no offense on the studio. Mm -hmm. So uh, he invited me up, and I went up and I did a session with them. And uh, I didn't know this, but they were looking for a second guitarist and offered me that gig Uh, Right, not long after I did that session. The session went great, and Morgan from Seven Dust, I had met him a few times before uh, doing gigs with, you know, Octane had opened for them on the uh, rolling rock town fairs and stuff. And I had met those guys, but I didn't really like know them. And I walked in and I was standing in the control room of the studio. And I just looked at Kevin. and I was like, dude, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> you, you just threw me into this. So uh, cool. we did this session and it was amazing. And me and Morgan, I worked really, really well together. I mean, we we're just on a string together. We we're just everything he was thinking, I was thinking, and the session went amazing. So I ended up playing on two songs, and they offered me the job with Le Pouge. And then a couple months later, Kevin had called me and said, Hey, the, the spot in Camel Box is open. I'd like you to join the band. And that was that. That is so but, great, man. Uh, as far man. as the sound goes? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and it it is. I mean, these guys are just massively talented, and it's like getting to work with musicians like that, and it was a situation where they work so fast because with Le Prejet, we go in and we write, we do pre-production, we record and mix within a day because everybody's schedules are so crazy. And um, it was just something, it was really educational for me because I never worked like that. I never made a record like that. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad I, I had done those sessions with way j because when I went in uh, for this Candlebox record, and uh, uh, how I mentioned before, we had done we'd finished this record in 12 days. It was a total guerrilla process. And I was at least prepared for it because I had done those sessions with way j
1: And then
2: um, we went in there and just blew this record out. And, I mean, there was a point, like, it's so funny that my wife was saying to me, she was like, so weird that you you're actually listening to this record. Because once I, I record a record and do a record, I don't listen to them because mm-hmm. I'm always in my own head. Like, Oh man, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have played this or done this differently on that solo with that candle box record. Everything I learned in 30 years of playing guitar went out the window and I had to just play from instant, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was a. That was like uh, it was an eye-opening experience. But we uh, ended up making the record, and I even listen to it now, and I'm I'm still learning stuff. I was like, what did I play? <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> so, it, it was, It's just been that, that much of a whirlwind process that it just, you know, there was really no time to think about it. Like like I said, I didn't. I haven't really even had a chance to sit down and process it. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about the new Candlebox album, "Disappearing in Airports." We we absolutely love it. It's, it's just a great mix of rock songs with that groove angle. Um, it's it's flying up the charts, man. Um, you know, I've talked <laughs> to some people who say, yeah, you know, it's 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 a great album, and and I was shocked to see some of the people that actually bought it that I know didn't even know that they were Candlebox fans. So that's pretty cool. But tell us a little bit about the new album and uh, how much input did you have in writing some of the songs?
2: Well, first, thank you for checking it out and uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it.
1: Love. Uh,
2: the, the process of it, like, like I said, man, it was so whirlwind. It was, you know, 12 days we were just in there. My guitar, like all my parts were done in three days. There was like probably uh, 10 songs that made the uh, U.S. release and I would say there was maybe like three or four kind of like skeletons of songs like Corker, you know, chord progressions and whatnot, and then uh, we wrote uh, five of them in the studio while we were there, like, somebody had this part, somebody had that part, it was just really organic and really instinctual, it was, like I said, 30 years playing guitar, I couldn't use a second of any of the experience, because it was so, it was just so urgent, and the record has come out, and yeah, it's doing great, like, we're all blown away, and we're so excited that it's doing as well as it, as it is. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those things that, like, uh, yeah, like everybody's kind of blown away about how, how it's been received. And it, with the personnel change uh, and having me and Mike in the band and David Kruzan from Pearl Jam is playing drums, and this is his, like, third go-around in Campbell box since he was with Pearl Jam, uh, it, it was just... It, was, it, was it it was just a I loved it. was an amazing experience. <laughs> but yeah, we we did write a lot of stuff in the studio and it was just yeah, I guess whirlwind is the best word I could use for it because that mm-hmm. that's what it was really. You know, yeah, was, know. Uh, and then uh but yeah, as far as the input on writing, you know, they they just gave me the freedom to play and like, you're you're for a reason. This is why we hired you, so just do your thing. They weren't even in. They weren't even in the room when I was doing uh, my parts. So uh, they weren't even in the state, to be honest with you, when I was doing my parts. <laughs> they just trusted me with it, and that was like that was just so, so like encouraging and empowering for me as, as a musician and a player that they trusted me with with what was there already, and then getting to write with them was uh, a dream come true for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Well, it, you know, this is something I I just can't believe I'm gonna say because 1993 feels like it was just yesterday to me. But uh, all of us remember the classic <laughs> yeah. candlebox songs. Yeah, we can actually call them classic now because it's it's that long ago. Uh, far behind you, simple lessons. Uh, you know, these are songs like you said you listened to in high school. What's it like playing them now on stage in front of people? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: uh, well being able to play those songs, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a trip out. Like I don't. I'm still, there's, there's like that whole surreal part of it for me. Yeah. Because the Candlebox, that record was gigantic. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, in, in my school and when I was growing up, and obviously they, you know, spoke millions of record, millions of copies of that record. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's great. I mean, and, you know, Kevin always says it. he never gets sick of playing Far Behind, and that's, that's kind of the song that everybody knows, but even just a... It's a story discography for those guys. And, um, yeah, I, I just try... For my end of it, it is surreal. I love it. But, you know, I'm there to do a job as well. But I also um, just want to do as much justice as I can to the material that I didn't have any part of writing or recording. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's super important to me that I make sure that I know Pete's parts and do what he did on the record so it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't come off as you know fake or uh, just not good to the to the fans that have been there since the since the beginning and there's a lot of them
0: oh yeah
1: oh yeah
2: we've been following the band since 92 whatever 93 mm. so I mean that that's my whole thing as far as being playing the older stuff I just want to do you know Pete's the uh, genius of what he did with that stuff. I just want to do it justice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, it's big shoes to fill, man. I mean, like you said, Candlebox was was just was big at that time, and that album was, was absolutely phenomenal. I think, uh, you know, not just Far Behind and You, but there were so many great songs on that album, from Blossom to Don't You to... Terrain, which I love because it was just three minutes short of being a dream theater song, which I absolutely love. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that's a great yeah, reference. Well, That's the truth. And it, but it was different, though, too, because those guys, you know, Cole's Grunge or whatever that means. Yeah. That record, it, there was just elements of, there's so many, just so many different things that went on on that record. Like there was, you know, the meter changes and time changes. It was, just a, it was a clever record. And, it's huge because of because it's clever it's not like really uh it's no surprise how big that record got i loved it like when i
0: heard that record for the first time i was
2: i was blown away
0: yeah yeah and it's funny because you said the post grunge i remember when it came out and me and my buddies you know in high school were listening to it i remember saying even then this was its own genre just the way they put everything together uh, on that album, yeah. it, it, it was just its, its own sound. Man, you never heard nothing like it. So, uh, you know, and and pr- and pretty much, I think that's what propelled Candlebox to uh, what they are today and why they have such a big following still. So, but that's, for, for uh, sure, there was there's just yeah. that
2: honesty with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I really think that that's what we did with this record as well. It's just it's honest. There's, we didn't pour over parts. We didn't. Really dwell on, like, oh, well, this isn't this, and I want to do this in in this part, or Kevin wanted to, you know, I need to say this lyrically. It was just really all very instinctual.
0: Awesome stuff. So now you listen to Candlebox, you know, when you were a kid, now you're a part of the band. Uh, who were some of your inspirations, uh, you know, growing up, you know, musically, and who pretty much got you into music? Like, what were some of the first things you heard? Were like, man, you know, I, I just want to pick up a guitar and play. Yeah, well, I have uh, I have two older brothers,
2: mm. and uh, my my next my, my closest brother in age to me is seven years older. So, both of my brothers were like super into Kiss and Led Zeppelin and uh, Creedence and Deep Purple. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the early Yes stuff, like Journey, I, I remember those those records being around, and we uh, they had a massive vinyl collection, and my parents were always, they didn't, they never, like, um, checked anything on us. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. well, all right, listen to whatever you want to listen to, check out whatever you want to check out. They just kind of let us be. And yeah. my brothers turned me on to that stuff, and uh, my next oldest brother was a drummer and had a band, and he used to rehearse in my parents' basement. And um I remember like I would just I you know, I'd be the annoying little brother going downstairs <laughs> and asking the guitar players, like how are you doing this and what's this and what's that, you know? And that that's how I kinda got into it. But uh, for me personally to like my love affair with the guitar was uh I would literally sit for hours and just look at the uh like the inner sleeve of Kiss Alive Two.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh great album.
2: Look at Ace Frehley and be like, "Oh my God, this is the coolest shit I've ever witnessed in my life."
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: Ace Frehley was it for me. Like that's that's why I started playing guitar. What is? And then as I started learning a bit, um, Randy Rhodes was he's my guy. Like that's my yeah. number one. And so mm-hmm. Randy Rhodes and uh, Zach Wilds and Slash. Uh, that like that was it. Like I was a rock guy, and then as you know, I got a little bit older and started learning a little bit more about guitar and figuring out, like, other genres and just different styles. Mm-hmm. I found other guys, like, where you can, and, and uh, Clarence White, who played with the Birds, who's an, you know, an amazing player. Uh, Warren Haynes. So I, I play a lot of slide, uh, slide guitar as well. So when Warren Haynes had joined all, the Allman Brothers, I completely tripped out on him. And, uh, yeah, just, I don't know, I, I guess it's all relative to rock, but those were some of the guys, yeah, like Randy, Zach, Warren Haynes, Prince White. I just, it, it kind of re- ran a really broad range for me mm-hmm. just because I was into so many different styles of music. I liked it all. I liked country. I, liked, I was a classical guitar major in college for a while. And, you know, I just, there's so many things. Just anything that had to do with six strings and wood, just the, yeah. the, the whole wire and wood thing, I, I would, I'd devour it. I just wanted to hear as much as
0: I could hear. Yeah. You know? That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, now, with us living all in the Philly area, Jeff lives in the Philly area. I live in the Philly. You live in the Philly area. Uh, Jeff, being a Philly native like yourself, uh, you know, he wanted to ask how is it being big in the Philadelphia music scene with groups like Foster Child and Octane?
2: Uh, well, that, the experience itself was outstanding. And it was like, it, it kind of was. Um, almost like prep school for doing what I'm doing now, you know, <laughs> but it, it was, it was amazing to have, just to have the fans behind it. And, you know, like any artist and just being a creative person, you want, you know, you don't want the people that you're people outside of your own circle and yourself to like dig it, you know? Mm. And Octane was a lightning in a bottle type thing as well as foster child was. But, uh, yeah, it was, and even the support that I get once Candlebox happened, the support that I got from even like all the other band members, like from band, like you know the local cover bands and local original bands, the support that I've gotten from them and the fans, it's just it's been amazing, man. It's like it means so much to me. I try to reiterate it, but it's it's not even really something I could put into words. But yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. It was great, and with you know octane we were doing a lot of cover music as well um but we, we the, the cover music that we were doing was no one was doing that in the area at the time and i think that was kind of what what really uh got got people into the band cuz mm-hmm. all you know all the people that would go to a cover band uh club and to hear party music we were you know there'd be a thousand people to hear the party bands but then we were getting a thousand people that weren't even in the room the you know, like night before to hear what we were doing, doing you know Metallica and Tool and uh, you know just all the like the heavier stuff. But we started peppering in our own music, just started connecting, and we're like, wow, this, this is fucking super cool. You know, just that, <laughs> the fact that you got, you know, son, and I thought the guy a hot heart. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, just uh, that stuff connecting with, with with all those folks that would come and see us was, was amazing. And it's just that they're into your art. I mean, there's, there's no better feeling in the world. Mm.
0: Awesome stuff, man. Well, uh, for everybody listening in now, if you want to check out uh, Candlebox, you can look at their uh, new album, uh, Disappearing in Airports, at CandleboxRocks.com. Also, this Thursday night, May 19th, at the Bethlehem, uh, excuse me, at the Sam's Bethlehem Event Center in Bethlehem, PA, 951 uh, ZZO and B-104 Presents, Candlebox, and Three Doors Down. It's going to be an epic concert, man. Uh, you looking forward to it, Brian?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, you know, and the guys from Three Doors Down have been buddies of ours for years. We had, uh, Octane had actually done an entire run in Pennsylvania doing all, um, all colleges. So we've known those guys for years. And then when I was doing, uh, when I was recording the Foster Child record, uh, I stayed with them. They were doing uh, their record, their Into the Sun record, uh, that had the same title as the Candlebox record. But they were doing that record, and they had rented out this house. And they, you know, uh, I had to go down there for a session. And they invited me to stay with them and went down there. So they've been buddies of ours for forever. And then these last two... Uh, festivals that we have done we did Welcome to Rockville down in Jacksonville and then we did Carolina Rebellion over Mm -hmm. the last two weeks we got to see them and catch up with them and yeah it's going to be an epic rock show and their set both of their sets at both of those um, festivals were amazing like they they sound better than ever they're a great band and I'm just excited to to do the concert are you guys going to be at are you guys going to make it
0: I don't know I don't know we're
1: trying definitely trying (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I, I I know some guys
1: <laughs> yeah. if, you want, if you're able to make a job We'll make the trip It's I, not an hour to... <laughs>
0: That's funny, man That's great stuff All right, man. Well, Brian, listen, man Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule To join us tonight, man And uh, seriously, man Just uh, keep kicking ass, man Because this album is absolutely awesome, man And we're uh, super excited that you're a part of Candlebox, man
2: I appreciate it, brother And thank you for having me Thank Thanks, you man. man. Have a good night.
0: All right. Take that. That was guitarist Brian Quinn from I guess we could say it man, the classic group Candlebox, man. I can't believe we're saying Candlebox is classic because they to me it still feels like they you know that self-titled album with far behind and You and and all of those great tunes just came out maybe a few years ago, but it's 1993, man. 1993. That's insane, dude.
1: Seems like yesterday, it's funny, that seems like yesterday, and it seems like yesterday I was going to some of the local, uh, like you said, like some of the band um, clubs and band bars and watching Brian with the uh, Foster Child and Octane, and like one out of every ten people you talk to in Philly, like, I, I know Brian, like, how well, oh, I know Brian, like, he, he just knows people and he's a personal guy, and everybody in Philly <laughs> loves Brian Quinn, man, you root for him now, he's part of one of my favorite bands, I think it's awesome, that, that's just great, it was a great interview and I loved having him here.
0: Absolutely, absolutely man. We can't thank Brian enough for uh, joining us tonight. You know, super busy. They're, uh, you know, pretty much on a tour right now just playing concerts left and right. Um so you can check out uh their website candleboxrocks.com. Uh not only can you see what events are coming up, you can also purchase their newest album Disappearing at Airports, which is shooting up the charts, man. Really. Um it it's just blowing up and uh You know, Candlebox fans are loving it, and people who really weren't Candlebox fans are actually loving it. Man, We're hearing some great, great things, and the reviews have been awesome. So thank you to Brian Quinn for that. Can't wait to have them back on in the future, man, because that would be absolutely phenomenal, man. Um, Let's uh, go back into a little bit of our points of discussion that we were talking about uh, before Brian joined us. Um, Going back into the basketball thing, let me ask you this uh the san antonio Spurs really wanted to get your opinion on this man we know uh there's a lot of question marks between will kevin martin come back will tim duncan uh resign or uh, excuse me will he return or, or retire will manager nobly come back are they going to trade tony parker and try to bring in a mike Connolly in in your opinion being a fan of the game and knowing what the spurs have been for so many years now jeff what do you think the spurs are going to do
1: <sighs> kind of tough to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't see, him, I don't see him just disbanding the whole thing running into the sunset. I think Duncan, uh, I think Duncan finally packed it in. He had a great run, um, but they've got some guys now that are talented. They free agencies, coming. right? I, I think they can keep it together. Uh, of course, it, I'm curious to see just, you know, what Popovich does at this point. And everybody has him as, you know, one of the greatest coaches ever, the same way they did with Phil Jackson. If you got the players, that you know, the coach is going to look great. Um, San Antonio lingers around for a while. Um, it's hard to imagine that team without Duncan. It's kind of like Chicago without Jordan, but uh, it's going to be an interesting future. I think it's, it's not going to plummet, but I think it's slowly just kind of fades away.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it's 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 going to be tough. Uh, does Duncan come back? You know, possibly. I still think he could be effective for another season, and I think he deserves a nice retirement ceremony in every city he goes to next season. Just like Kobe did. Um, to me, Duncan is mm-hmm. one of the greatest players that ever played in the NBA. Um, Tony Parker, he is owed a lot of money over the next couple of seasons. Um, at his age, and you know, at, you know, he's he's older now, and his play is not as effective as it used to be. I think they need to figure out something with Tony Parker. And I really think they need to let Manu Ginobili go. And I really think they should let Kevin Martin go. I don't think Kevin Martin's an effective player. Um, you know, you got to build around Kawhi Leonard. You got to build around LaMarcus Aldridge. You got guys in there like, uh, you know, Bar- uh, Boban Marjanovic, um, you know, Danny Green's there. He's not going anywhere. Kyle Anderson, you know, there's there's a couple of really good players here. And if anybody is going to do something with this roster, it's going to be the San Antonio Spurs, man, because they seem to always know what they're doing with their
1: team, man. They sure do. Yeah, that's been, um, it's been a long run, a good long run. I mean, uh Funny, the other day I was thinking, just looking through the history of it, and David Robinson was there forever, and they built a team around him, and then they Uh uh, brought in Duncan, kind of built the team around Duncan, and just they've done it great for so many years. And classy organization. It's not a bunch of show-offs. It's not hot dogs. It's not a a one-man show. It's a team game, and they they do it well. And like I said, like Popovich – he does it his way. He doesn't want to get his guys getting hurt. They're going to miss a game here or there. They're going to sit him down, not worried about the, the ticket sales or the, the TV ratings. He's there to win. His guys are to win. It's always been classy.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, either way, you know, whatever happens with him, our Tim Duncan on just a phenomenal, phenomenal career. Seriously, one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA. Um he's just been phenomenal man great to see that if he does go out he's going to go out of San Antonio Spur like he deserves glad to see these guys just being loyal to their franchises as much as I really have never liked Kobe I always respected him for always sticking with the Lakers when he really could have taken so many times to just get out of there and go elsewhere with a better core of players man so uh you know it's really cool when you get to see stuff like that um Let's talk about last night's baseball game, Texas Rangers, Toronto Blue Jays. Jose Batista takes supposedly a dirty slide into second base and, uh, you know, really tries to take out Odor. Odor turns around, just levels him, man, knocks him in the face. What were you thinking when you saw this, man?
1: <laughs> well, it was, uh, funny, again, I'll, I'll go back to where we were last night, me and the, me and the fiance, uh, we're out just having a little bite to eat and a couple of beers and, uh. Highlights came on. I'm like, oh, I'd see this because you have kind of seen some stuff going on. And all of a sudden, in unison, the entire place jumps up and goes, oh, and they watched it the right hand. Good right hand, but I said it first. I said, you know what? Good right hand, but Batista's still on his feet. And afterwards, when I asked Batista, they said, hey, look. He said, he got me. Got me a good punch. Got me right in the yeah. face. But uh, it's going to take a bigger man to knock me down. You know what, though? It was a good shot, though. But uh, Batista had guts. I kind of like this, though. I like rivalries. And I like, I like the birth of a new rivalry. And if this team, these two teams are going to mix it up and, and make it interesting like this, I'm all for it. I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, man, I, I kind of miss the fighting in baseball, man. And nothing brings me back more than those 86 Mets, dude. You know, they were always fighting, man. And that was something that was just always always fun to watch, man. But last night, it's it, it's it's weird, man, because Odor came out today and said, oh, I respect Jose Batista, and, you know, he plays hard, and he's a great guy. I respect him. And, you know, then he says, I was just trying to protect myself. It's like, man, there's a lot of other ways you could have protected yourself, man, than just throwing a right right away, man, because he really, he really connected with him, man. So let me ask you this. Suspension-wise, do you think he deserves to be suspended for how long?
1: Well, um, like I said earlier, the, the the dirty slide. I mean you you've got a you got a ball player covering second base and it's not like uh not a lot a lot of people ripped on Chase Utley, but not like he um for his slide, it's not like Bautista went out of his way to attack him. He went into second base mm-hmm. and a little through second base with a slide. So I think in, in Bautista's end, nothing. I think in the Odor's end, you know, pretty legitimate square punch in the face. It's got to be about 3-5, to five, in my opinion. I don't care if yeah. nobody likes that answer, but I think Batista did his job as a ball player, and Odor's uh, got to take that, and he didn't get hurt. He got out of the way and, and made his throw, but that's part of the game. you got to take it. So if you're going to throw punches, you got to serve some games.
0: Yeah, I think uh, they need to go 3-6, to six, but I see most like a two to five, to be honest, man. I, I think they're going to say, Oh yeah, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're not as bad as, as, as the other leagues when it comes to suspensions for stuff like that. Cause they're just playing hard. So, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to really see what happens there, man. Um, really looking forward to seeing what happens. So, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, just wanted to bring something up and I totally forgot about it. was just thinking about it, but maybe next show, man, we'll bring it up. Um, once again, I want to thank Brian Quinn from Candlebox for joining us tonight. And you can check out uh, their newest album, "Disappearing in Airports." You can buy it at a Best Buy. You can buy it at. Um Man, I don't even know what music's there. F-F-Y-I, FYE, <laughs> What the hell is some of these stores now? Because the Sam goodies are gone, man. It's 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 a yeah. damn shame. There's really no no good place to go to buy music anymore. But you can go to Amazon.com and you can go to their website okay. website CandleboxRocks.com to check out their newest album, Disappearing <laughs> in Airports, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, this Thursday night, Candlebox along with Three Doors Down at the Sands Event Center in Bethlehem, PA, right next to the Sands Casino um tickets are still on sale man so grab them it's going to be a phenomenal 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 concert uh next week's show this is going to be a good one man guitarist sean Hennessy and singer neil middleton of royal bliss are going to be joining us here at the eight o'clock hour And as always show starts at seven thirty p.m eastern time listen dude we are bringing on some fabulous musicians man
1: we really are really am for uh like i was am for brian tonight a guy that i've, I've met in the city um and, hey, he hinted that he knows people about tickets for Thursday night. So if you're back still listening, Brian, uh, Thursday night tickets would be great. But uh, Sean's a guy I met in town. Me and the fiance have met him a few times. Great guy. Great musician. Fun guy. Um, he's did some Candlebox stuff also live, uh, The Gracious Few. So he's been a another Kevin Martin guy. And uh, this is his new project, Royal Bliss. These guys sound good. It's it's country sound. And uh, I like it. I'm looking really forward to hearing these guys and uh, hearing what they got to say about their music.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's going to be a good one, man. It's going to be a real good one. And then uh, the following Monday, we're going to be joined by uh, country singer Richard Lynch. Really, really looking forward to that one. And then June, we got some really cool things coming up in June. We're not going to say it right now because we're still trying to tie up some of the loose ends there. But once we do, uh, possibly next week, we'll announce some of our June guests. Really looking forward to just all of our guests that are coming on um, starting next week and into the future. But still... Just excited about even just Brian being on with us and Auntie Valen last week and Danny Boy O'Connor from House of Pain two weeks ago. And, you know, I'm still still going over with with Lilith and Sagan and, and Kevin Sorbo and Jesse Itzler, man. It's just been a phenomenal, phenomenal year here so far in 2016 uh, on the stoop. Um, you know, keep tuning in. We're always going to bring some great guests with us. And we're always going to be here and we're always going to deliver, man. But it's always a
1: bunch of fun, right, Jeff? Absolutely. You're not getting rid of us. We're loving it. I mean, uh, just um, the whole social media thing makes it great, too. Now you're you're friends with uh, and, and sharing quips with, like I said, like the Nancy Valens, the Brian Quinns, the uh, Sean Hennessey, uh, Lilith, and, and Sagan to share conversations. You share their stuff. You, you follow their music, and you, you get more people involved. And uh, that's big, man. I love getting people on board with stuff I love, especially when it's great. And like I said, everybody we've had – on the air, everybody that we've spoken to has been outstanding from start to finish. So, yeah, you want to support them, and you want everybody to get involved.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, man. So, once again, thanks to Brian Quinn from Candlebox for joining us tonight, and thank you, our listeners, for always tuning into our show, and making it one of the fastest-growing and one of the hottest internet-based radio shows going today. Seriously, over one million listens. We can't, we we couldn't have done it without you. Um, and also, mm-hmm. I want to send a special thank you to former co-host uh, Mike McShane, John Leary, Jim Williams, because without them as well, uh, we wouldn't be here. And a huge thank you to Jeff for jumping in and uh, just taking the reins as the co-host here in the stoop, man, and just bearing down, man. It's been fun with you, brother.
1: Likewise. I feel like um, you hear the phrase you use, I feel like the luckiest guy on earth, man. I get to sit here, drink a beer, talk to some stars and some artists hang out with you. You're about, you know, as cool as it comes, man. You're a great guy. This is always a great time. We just, I love talking because we, we share the same passions. We share the same interests. But usually we've got little uh, opposite sides. and That's good, man. I like, I like getting out of somebody else's point of view and, and, and bringing it to people. You know, well, I, the I love great it,
0: thing, this, Well, Well, listen, the great thing is we can share opinions and we can respect each other's opinions as well as the opinions of our guests and we're not some of those typical people. That'll just constantly fight and uh, go nuts over those opinions but uh yeah you know it's 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 been fun man and it's going to continue being fun it's going to get even better here at the stoop um, once again our website is not officially done but we did launch it and you can check it out at www.stoopradio.com and you can go on there and you can find our facebook page you can find our twitter feed you can listen to amazing interviews you can listen to some of our past radio shows uh real soon you can read all of our top five lists you can read a little bit about jeff you can read a little bit about myself and about this program you can contact us and you can read our great testimonials from our great guests as well as view our partners and sponsors and uh every week we're going to have a guest of the week. And for this week and last week and probably next week because we're still working on the page um, is Lilith from Lilith and the Night. So go there on the right side, click her picture. She's just phenomenally gorgeous. You can't miss her. Click that and you can listen to Lilith from Lilith and the Night. Phenomenal, phenomenal band, just really just ripping everything up on the European seaboard there in England. And uh hopefully we'll get them here soon in the US, man. Really can't wait to go to a Lilith and the Night concert, man. And I I know you're gonna be there with me, Jeff.
1: No, I'll be right by your side, man. I'm ready for it, like I said, man. One big Stoop show, uh, Caveat and Xander Demos and Adrenaline and Lilith and the Night and Hell Candlebox. We, we got our Candlebox connection and Royal Bliss and I'm uh, just such a music guy, man. I love music. I love every that, every thing we've had. Whenever. No,
0: that would be a fun festival, man. All right. Anyway, next Monday, Sean Hennessy and Neil Middleton of Royal Bliss will be joining us right here on the Stoop, 7:30 p.m. Eastern time, for Jeff the Shark. Karini. I'm Jonathan Ragus. We'll see you all Monday.
1: Don't be a douche. Good night, everybody.